Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this week's show. It's just me today, no guest um, appearing on the show this week. And I'm going to be talking to you about some of the issues and factors to be considering when it comes to succession planning. More on that a little bit later, but given it's the first solo show for a while, I thought I'd give you a quick update on what I've been up to over the summer. It's obviously been a very interesting time for all of us. We're all having to experience this global pandemic for the first time in in our lifetimes and uh, I hope wherever you are listening to this that things have been uh, okay for you and and that you're coping okay with stuff. I have launched during this pandemic my own independent consultancy business helping family businesses. It is called the Family Business Partnership and you can check out the website by going to familybusinesspartnership.com and there's various bits on there as to what I do and how I can help if that's of interest. I've also spent the time collating some what are known as collections on the podcast website. So if you head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash episodes, you'll now see that there are collections on there that collate all the episodes that focus on a particular subject into a simple collection. So rather than having to look through, say, a hundred or so uh, different episodes to find one on the topic that you are interested in, you can click on one for governance, one for next gen, one for family business interviews, and the last one is the succession uh, collection. And you click on a button and it takes you to a handy list of all the episodes that focus on that particular subject. So if there is something that you're looking for specifically, and you perhaps haven't caught the episodes the first time round, you can dive back into the collections um, by clicking on those buttons. So I hope that's um, useful. I've also started a newsletter for the podcast as well. So if you want to have access to episodes directly in your inbox each week and updates on blogs and videos, etc., that I do over uh, the course of the month, then sign up to the newsletter and I can deliver those directly to you. Again, there's sign-up pages on the homepage of the podcast website if you want to go and do that. So let's start the conversation on succession planning. Now, succession is complex. There's no one-size-fits-all. There's no out-of-the-box solution that you can you know, press a button and there you go, there's your solution to your succession planning woes. So with that in mind, I thought I would have a chat today about some of the common barriers that I see when I'm talking to families about succession. Some things to consider if you are looking at it now and don't really know where to start and are looking for some pointers. Succession planning itself is multi-layered. 
you can sort of break it out into leadership, management, ownership, and, and lumping it all together can make it seem very complex and very cumbersome. So I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. And also we'll link into things like governance. So if you've, if you've missed the series on governance that I did at the beginning of the year, again, you can go and check out that collection on the website because succession and governance are intertwined. They're, they are linked and I'll refer to that throughout uh, the show today. I had been planning on recording a series on succession f- immediately following the series I did on governance back at the beginning of the year. And the reason I didn't is because it felt a little bit insensitive talking about succession planning at a time where businesses were having to cope with all sorts of different challenges as the sort of pandemic hit and various lockdowns around the world had an impact on people's businesses. So decided to defer the series until now and have focused more on stuff that might be more useful during the the initial stages of the pandemic and, and onwards. So I'm not suggesting that the pandemic has gone away. I'm not suggesting that now is the absolute perfect time to think, right, let's, let's deal with succession planning. But, but it does feel appropriate, given some of the conversations I've been having with you guys that have been getting in touch around succession, that it is something that is being brought to the, to the table. So I guess a good starting point is to discuss whether now is the right time to think about succession planning if it's not something that is already on your agenda or if it's not something that you discuss as a family particularly often we are in the middle of a global pandemic there's hopefully light at the end of the tunnel with the news around various vaccines having um, positive impacts and so we hopefully will be back to some form of whatever normal looks like by the spring next year and there's an old Chinese proverb that says when is the best time to plant a tree and the answer being 20 years ago and the next best time is now. And I think the same is always true of succession planning. Now, obviously, if you are having to face issues around keeping the business going in the very short term, that has to be the focus. But if you're looking at things from a more long-term basis and how you can come out the other side of what we're going through at the moment with plans and, and being stronger than ever, then succession planning should perhaps form part of those discussions. And in essence, at the very start, if you don't have a succession plan, you have two options in front of you. The first option is to continue not to have a succession plan. Or the second is to have a succession plan or to start a succession plan. And once you've started that process, the discussions can then focus on the different areas that you're looking to cover within these conversations. So... I mentioned it a little bit earlier, the the separation of the different forms of succession, so leadership, ownership and management, separating those out and focusing and prioritising those as part of your discussions is perhaps an easier way to start that process than trying to lump it all in together. A good friend of mine and fellow family business advisor, Mary Mickle, puts it brilliantly when she says a succession planning should be referred to as continuity planning, really, because that if the aim of the business owning family is for the business to continue, be that in family ownership, be that with family management, be that with family leadership, all of those are variables. But if the aim is for the business to continue, then that should be what the planning process for that is called. It's business continuity. I think we're some way off 
succession planning not being used as the phrase to refer to. But if you think about it in terms of continuity rather than succession, it also takes some of the pressure off of it being an individual or individuals giving up roles and other individuals coming in and taking those on, which seems kind of final. It seems as if it's more of an event than it is a process. And in my view, succession planning should always be treated as a process. It is something that you can work on together as a family and linking back to the governance series if you've had a conversation and drafted a a family charter that says this is why the family business exists this is who can own shares in it this is who can work in it and this is the criteria we set for people that work in it if all those discussions have happened it makes the conversation around succession planning slightly easier because you've already laid the groundwork of well in order to own the business you have to be in the bloodline for example or in order to work in the business or take on a management role you need to have had x number of years experience outside of the family business those are the sorts of things that you can discuss and agree within a family charter that then helps feed into the smoothing of the succession planning process it's also important to remember that these transitions can happen at different times so you don't have to lump leadership ownership and management all into one day on the calendar where all of those things change. It may be that the first part is to say we need new management to come in and run the business because in order for the business to continue, that's something that needs to happen. That doesn't necessarily have to change the leadership or the ownership of the business. That could be put onto something that takes um, a bit longer. So separating it out and understanding exactly what it is that you are discussing really helps as well with the interpersonal relationships within the business too so it doesn't feel as if it's an all or nothing discussion and the incumbent generation are being asked to give up everything which again is one of the common barriers that I come across when I'm talking to families so in answer to the question of is now the right time to think about succession planning my answer would be an emphatic yes That doesn't necessarily mean it's easy and hopefully some of what I talk about today will help in uh, understanding the different elements of succession that can then be talked about. But that doesn't necessarily get away from the fact that it is such a complex area. In future episodes I'll be covering some of the technical aspects of succession planning, some of the legal and financial aspects. But to me the starting point always needs to be what is it that you're actually trying to achieve? Are you trying to ensure that the ownership of the business remains in the family? Are you trying to ensure that the family business creates opportunity for anybody within the family, whether they own or work in the business? And understanding that why, that reason that the business exists, why you as a family own that business, that can help to shape the discussions around succession. If, for example, the aim is to provide security for family and that doesn't necessarily mean they have to work in or own the business an option as part of these discussions could be is now the right time to sell this business now there are lots of statistics that are thrown around around succession planning that 30 percent make it from first to second uh, 13 second to third and three beyond the third generation And it's almost used as a stick to beat family businesses up with. The 
the definition of success for a family business is whether you can pass the ownership on from generation to generation. Those statistics in themselves are focused on a very particular type of business, a very particular type of area. So whilst they're indicative of some of the findings in studies like that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to measure your own success as a family business on whether or not you can pass the ownership down from generation to generation. If the right thing to do is for that business to be passed on within the family and there's the appetite to do it and everybody wants to be um, part of that, fantastic. Everything should be done in order to help you to um, achieve that. But if, for example, the next generation don't feel as though this is their passion, this is their calling in life and are not going to be the best owners or the best managers or the best leaders of this business, then knowing that from the outset when you're looking at this means that you're not faced with getting five, ten years down the line and that being a shock to you. So understanding that allows you to manage everybody's expectations within that process. So for me, one of the most important factors when you're starting out with succession planning is to make sure that everybody's expectations are being managed and that everybody has a voice around that table as to what it is that they want to be doing with their lives, either within the business or outside of the business, if that's the right thing for them. So in my view, the starting point for these discussions is, if you haven't had them already, is to understand what it is that the family gain from owning the business and what it is the business gains from having that particular family own it. And if you're very clear on those and you understand everybody's ambitions and expectations, then again, it makes having those conversations about succession far easier. Whilst we're talking about expectations, I think now's a good time to start looking at some of the potential barriers that I've seen as to why succession planning is not something that everybody wants to talk about. It's also not something that um, happens overnight and is very easy to, to solve. And there are obviously many different legal and financial barriers to overcome. But there are also these emotional barriers and emotional factors that are often overlooked but are underlying everything when it comes to the technical and financial solutions. They're often driven by our needs as humans and, and we are emotional creatures. So there has to be an acknowledgement of the fact that everybody involved in this succession process, irrespective of whether they currently own the business or potentially owning the business, potentially leading the business, whatever role they're playing, they will have an emotional feeling around this succession plan. So looking at it from the perspective of the senior generation, if it's something where they've worked in this business for an awful long time, they might have set it up, they might have taken it on from their um, parents or, or their uh, senior generation before them, it's very likely that their role within the family business forms their identity. It is who they are as a person. And so being asked to give that up is difficult. It's a hard thing to ask because what are they then going to do that's going to allow them to have that sense of identity? It can often be referred to as well as a sense of purpose, the reason for getting up in the morning. And if you feel as if you're being asked to give that up, you're obviously going to be resistant to that because what else are you going to get up to do in the morning? So one of the things that I suggest when I'm working with senior generations is what, what is it you're actually succeeding to? 
So if you're recognizing that now might be the time to look at passing on a management role or a leadership role within the business, potentially ownership as well, what is it that you're going to be doing with your time that gives you the same qualities that you would have from what you're doing on a day-to-day basis now? So for some, that is mentoring, that is providing support to other business owners. It can often be with a new chairperson role within the family business where they can you know, keep the benefit of their years of experience within the business but pass on the day-to-day management to the next generation coming through. But having that sense of purpose and that sense of identity retained makes it a smoother transition than being asked to just give it up. I used to work in financial planning and, and one of the questions we used to kind of focus on with people who were approaching their retirement dates or the days they were leaving the, their family business, I would ask them the question of what they're going to do with their retirement. And the amount of people who say, well, I would play golf more or I'll do a bit more gardening was staggering. The reality is there's 365 days in a year. I know some people might want to play golf 300 of those and be in the garden for the other 65. But the reality is once you've got your garden up and running and you've played a few rounds of golf a week, then there's awful awful lot of time to fill. And being able to fill that time with fulfilling work and stuff that gives you a sense of purpose and a sense of identity helps to remove that particular barrier to to succession. One of the other common things that I see that has a big impact on the appetite for having the conversation around the next gen taking on roles in the business is a lack of trust. It can be actually that the senior generation don't necessarily trust that the next gen are as well prepared as they need to be, that they are as hungry as they need to be. And I'm putting need in inverted commas because it's uh, uh, an a subjective thing rather than a, a factual thing it's an opinion and that lack of trust creates a resistance within that family system and that family dynamic that unless it's overcome can be a real challenge because it doesn't matter how often you have the, the conversation around well when it's my turn I'm going to take this role on from mum or dad or, or aunt and uncle whoever we're talking about in terms of the senior generation if they don't have that level of trust that you are the right person to be doing that, then that's going to stall. It's just not going to happen. Coupled with that is a, a fear of failure. So what happens if I pass this on to my next generation and they they don't do as well as I've done? Or in some cases, it can be, what if they do better than I've done? That That's perhaps more of an interesting angle to explore of what if my next generation are more successful than I am and there will be lots of people listening saying well that would be fantastic that's what we want for our kids but also if your sense of identity and sense of purpose is linked to your role within the family business and someone then comes along and does it better that can be as off-putting as not having a role within in the business at all. So there's some of the common emotional barriers that I see in senior generations. So loss of identity, a loss of sense of purpose, nothing to succeed to. What are they going to do with their time beyond the business that gives them the level of reward that they would have within the business? Uh, A lack of trust or a lack of faith that the person taking on the business or people taking on the business 
are the right people to deliver what is needed to for the business to be successful and coupled with that fear of failure that you're setting the next gen up for fall and i think particularly at the moment given the economic circumstances that we're going to be seeing over the coming months and years it, it's perhaps a tougher decision to make to whether you're going to take the business forward or not and take the business on as as somebody in the next generation and if you're a senior generation are, are you uh, comfortable with the next generation coming in and taking that role on so lots of discussions to be had around that and there's lots of solutions to things like that so it could be that you work alongside each other far more than you perhaps were ex- expecting because we're in uncharted territory in terms of the economic situation we find ourselves in it could be that you retain a role within the business that you weren't anticipating retaining within the business uh, as a result of what's going on at the moment but the the important thing is to have those conversations and to be honest about what your hopes fears and, and aspirations are so that you can each explain what your Uh, feeling and what your expectations are looking at it from the next generation's perspective uh, linked to that as well that it could be quite intimidating i'm part of an academic study it's entitled land of giants and it's looking at the impact of growing up around significance and that could be significant wealth it could be significant personality it could be significant achievement and what what's evident within that is that it can be quite intimidating taking on a role that somebody else has done successfully in the past because next gen might not be feeling quite as legitimate as they feel their parents or senior generation are feeling it could be that the perception of history is that the parents have had an easy ride with the business so far and now we're in pretty tough times and do I really want to be taking the business on and being that person that has to steer the ship through these particularly stormy waters at the moment and so there could be a lot of doubt as to whether you are the right person to take this business on at this stage but if you're honest and open about those feelings and and put that on the table either directly or, or through facilitated discussions if that makes it easier then you can overcome those it's when these things are kept within us when we don't talk about this stuff that it can become more of a challenge and more of a a problem as i touched on earlier the the sort of misconception that there's an obligation for the next gen to take the business on when it might not be what fulfills their own individual passion their own dreams and and what they want to achieve with their life that can do an awful lot of damage if you feel trapped within the family business it can do an awful lot of damage to your mental health. It can also do an awful lot of damage to the business itself. If you're not there and giving it 100% because it's what you're passionate about, you're not going to get the same level of output from it as you would if it was something that was your absolute passion and, and driving force in life. So appreciating that it might not be what you want to do as a career, as, as a job, is something to, again, be honest about. And that doesn't mean that you can't own the business. Again, if we separate this out between leadership, ownership and management, if you want to take the business forward as the next gen and it is your passion and you've seen how emotionally attached you are to the business uh, and you want to be the person to lead and, and take that forward, brilliant. Let's do everything we can to get you to that point. If you think that's not you and it's not your passion, it's not what you want to do in life, 
but you want to be a responsible owner and keep the business in family ownership because you want it to benefit from the family values and you want to have a lifestyle that is supported by that business, but you appreciate that that's not with you running it, then put that on the table as well. Have that conversation because that those can all be facilitated. It's not, not that it has to be all or nothing. There are the legal and technical structures to allow that to, to happen. But being honest about what your hopes and dreams are and, and perhaps what your fears are around taking the business on is also going to be something that will be overall um, very positive. So I guess the point I'm trying to get across most here is understanding that there are different perspectives and there are different expectations and there are different emotions that are being felt throughout this. The, the legal and technical sides can be resolved because there are the legal structures that will either do what you want them to do or somebody will say, we can't do that, but this is the closest we can get to it. But when it comes to the emotional aspects, there's not, not a technical solution that, that is perfect at alleviating those, but managing each other's expectations is a good way to do that. And I'd like to share an analogy with you that, that might help with that process. So if you imagine you are sat in a room with the senior generation in your business, so whether that's your parents, whether it's your grandparents, whether it's aunts, uncles, whoever that might be, and you are sat one side of the table and they are sat the other side of the table. And behind you is a window with a view across a lake and behind them is a picture of some skyscrapers, for example. If I was to ask you to describe what you could see in the room, you would say, I can see a wall with a picture of skyscrapers on it. If I was to ask the senior generation the same question, they would say, well, I can see a room with a window with a view over the lake in the background. And you're both right. You're both completely different in terms of what you can see, but you're both right. And often it's the same with the expectations and viewpoints when we come to succession planning, is we tend to see things from our own perspective. And we tend to place our expectation of others based on our viewpoint. So we might be sat down having that discussion, assuming that the senior gen want to give up their role within the business. They want to give up their ownership because that's what we want. That's what we can see. And understanding that you're both in that room and you are both seeing things from a different perspective, but you are both right, is a good starting point for having those discussions around succession. But in order to do that, you need to create an environment that allows you to explain how you see things. It allows you to say, I'm scared you're not the right person to deliver what we need to deliver within this business. Not seen as a personal attack, but seen as a way of articulating what it is that is being felt or I'm actually scared you're gonna be more successful than I am, or I'm not financially independent enough from this business to give up ownership just yet. Whatever the, the reasons are, having an environment that allows you to talk about that in a safe way is invaluable. So I would recommend finding a way to, to do that. Once you understand that everybody's gonna have different viewpoints and different expectations and come at things from a, a different perspective, and you can appreciate that they're no more right or wrong than you are in those viewpoints. It helps to oil the wheels of, of the communication that's needed in order to create an effective plan. And as I say, I've, I've said this a couple of times, but separating it out between leadership management and ownership, what is it you're actually trying to pass on? Do they have to happen at the same time? Do they have to happen to the same people? 
probably not, but they could do. And there are options available on all of those different variations of that. But being very clear on that is a good starting point. So in summary, succession is complex and it's complex because it's multi-layered. There's lots of different facets to it. There's uh, lots of technical solutions that are available. There's lots of financial uh, implications. There's lots of emotional uh, implications to all of the elements of succession planning. But if you are able to create that safe space to have the conversations around what your expectations are, what your hopes are, what your fears are, then that's a starting point. It's a foundation for building the technical and financial solutions off of. So in terms of how to start, that would be my recommendation is to, to find an environment where you feel safe, where your ideas can be challenged, but you don't feel challenged, you don't feel threatened, where everybody's voice is given equal standing, where everybody is listened to. And if that needs to be facilitated, then get that facilitated. No one's saying this is easy. It's very, very common for these discussions to turn into the sort of more emotional finger pointing and personal uh, attacks within these discussions because of the, the fact we're dealing with emotions here. But if you can find that environment, create that environment, then uh, that's a, a really good starting point. If needs be, you can get somebody in to help. So there are family business advisors such as myself and others who will be able to help you facilitate those discussions, ensure everybody's viewpoint is heard and use their knowledge and experience from other families who've gone through this to suggest some options that sometimes won't have been considered at all. So if you are struggling with this and, and there are many, many families like yours that will be having uh, difficulty having these discussions, then I would strongly suggest getting in touch with somebody who can help facilitate those conversations. Throughout this series on succession, we'll be covering various other elements in more detail than, than we've covered today. But I hope that's given you a bit of an overview of some of the barriers that exist to the conversations around succession planning starting. I hope it's highlighted that you have a choice. The option is to do nothing or to start or to have a plan. Unfortunately, it is inevitable that at some stage, if you do nothing, that the process will be taken out of your hands because it normally means somebody has either lost capacity or has passed away, in which case the element of being able to choose and decide what happens with the business in terms of leadership, ownership and management is taken out of your hands. And life isn't rehearsal. We can't come back next time and go, I wish I'd actually stopped the, the really active role I had in my family business so that I could pursue my other passions of travel and no fine wine or whatever it is that you might want to be doing with your time that you think, well, one day I'll get round to that. If you put this off for too long, uh, one day becomes never and then it's a regret and, and you know, regret is horrible. So in, in order to help avoid regret, let's understand that life isn't a rehearsal and we can't come back next time and, and do things differently. And we should feel empowered and, and inspired by the fact that we, we're only here for a very short period of time, really, in, in the grand scheme of things. Ideally, we want to avoid regret. And an upcoming episode, which I, I'm quite excited to record, is going to be focused on the top five regrets of the dying. And it sounds a bit more morbid and you think, 
Christ, well, thanks, that's going to cheer us up. But actually, it's quite inspiring. I find it very inspiring to listen to the regrets of people who are facing the end of their lives in, in very real time and learning from those regrets because hopefully we're not at that place and we have time and the ability to avoid those becoming our own regrets. So that's coming up in uh, a few weeks time. In the meantime, if you need any help with any of this stuff, please get in touch. Uh, I would be happy to spend some time on a Zoom call, just running through some some other ideas around this. And uh, yeah, we'll get into a lot more of this in uh, future episodes, but I uh, hope that was useful. Hope you've enjoyed it and I'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you found the show helpful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter. If what I've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business, I can help. I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes, so please get in touch if you'd like to know more. Head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.